tell her, tell her, baby, 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 I'm on fire. I tell her, baby, 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 I'm a fireball. Hello, and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I am one half of the hosting duo. My name is Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined mostly all the time by my good friend <laughs> Noah Tarno. How are you, my good friend Noah I'm, Tarno? I'm good. Wait, mostly all the time. So this is now, we passed the 40 mark. How many yeah, episodes have we done now? Yeah, this is 41. Has it ever been any people other than you and me? That's a good question. Uh, so you said mostly all the time, but that is inaccurate. It is literally all the time. Literally all the time. What are we talking about today? We are talking about an alcoholic beverage. We yeah. are making, we are making our second uh, side venture into the world of vice. So we started off a couple of episodes ago talking about vaping. Yes, uh, we're going to do an episode in the future about we got to do some porn trend at some point. We'll definitely we'll we do, we'll do, do fentanyl and porn. We'll get into fentanyl, the whole thing. Porn. Pony yeah. play, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, but for this episode, we're talking about Fireball Whiskey. The Fireball sens- Whiskey. The sensation Which, by the way, sweeping the nation. Not technically whiskey not technically we'll whiskey that. that's, that's true it's all it's all branding so yeah. uh fireball whiskey i'm sure and i know most of our uh, listenership are extremely aged like us they probably go somewhere between 39 and 44 so uh maybe you guys know about this uh, maybe you've been out to they bars know it from Reven- they know it from revenge of the nerds yeah that's <laughs> he sent me the, the clip today uh just get fireball! me prepared fireball fireball <laughs> That movie, oh my God, that movie is problematic on nearly every level today. Out the ass, it's problematic. Yes, yeah. I think I think two thirds of the characters would be in jail if that movie happened today. But okay. So, fe- fellow aged folks, and I'm speaking right to you, the 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 Rick Hansons of the world, the the uh, Aaron Changs of the world, the the Melissa Silvestri's of the world. Fireball whiskey is a vile blend of Canadian alcohol that's at 33% alcohol, no less, with cinnamon flavoring, which makes it something akin to uh, the Red Hots candy. Tamales, red tamales, hot tamales hot from tamales. Mike and Ike's. And, and I get I get a huge dentine thing when I dentine, see Dentine, that's stuff. part of it too. And atomic, I want to brush my breath hardcore when I Atomic see fireballs, let's not forget those. Yeah. So this fucking swill, this moose piss, was created in 1984, uh, but the Sazerac Company, which is one of the bigger uh, spirit purveyors in the United States, bought it in 1989, sat on it, I guess because it was a dormant brand, until then somehow managed to punch up its public image in the 2000s. Thousands, and I would say I only noticed it probably around 2012. So this is the thing that's been banging around for a while. But you know, even I didn't notice it was a, like a sensation, something that we should track until very recently. And this spike in the the public image also translates to sales, of course. And that if you know the numbers I have here is that it was 1.9 million in, in 2011. 2014, it's 863 million. So that is this enormous night and day shift. And apparently, it, at this point, it outsells Jameson Irish whiskey. Patron uh, and Jose Cuervo tequilas in the United States. And I think it's closing in, in terms of your recreational cirrhosis dollar, it's closing in on Jägermeister. So this is a weird thing. I'm looking forward to this conversation because of some yeah. ground rules that me and Noah are going to yes. put out and we're going to explain. Yeah. So so yeah. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Noah. What do you, what's, yeah. what's going on with this? Tell me a little bit well, about your interaction. There's the elephant in the room, which you know and I know, and anyone listening who knows me probably knows. Is I am a teetotaler. 
I do not drink alcohol. I have never been drunk in my life. Right now, I'm holding in my hand a little $5.99 bottle of Fireball whiskey, about the size of a little thing of like Murphy's oil soap, kind of looks like. And <laughs> kind of tastes probably, like it, too. Right. I have probably, <laughs> the equivalent amount of whiskey I've drunk in my life probably equals half this bottle. When Bill first suggested, hey, let's do Fireball whiskey, I'm like, well, how can we do that? I don't drink booze. But I'm like, all right, I'll sip it. Because occasionally I'll have a sip of something. I'll, I'll have a sip of uh, champagne on a toast. Or I'll sip wine, you know, if I'm lighting the Shabbat candles or something like that. And I recalled sipping whiskey at the behest of a woman we both know whose name I will not mention here uh, probably 10 years ago. So I'm like, all right, I will taste this. And of course, I'll read about it and give you my opinion. If you want to know, do I want to drink this stuff? The obvious answer is no. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink booze. I'm not going to start. And if I start, I'm not going to start with any whiskey. <laughs> he's not. He's, once he starts, he can't stop either, Paul. Well, but it's interesting because remembering 10 years ago when I when I was drinking whiskey, and it certainly wasn't Fireball. I was probably Jack Daniels. I don't know. I remember saying I'm feeling a very pleasing, warming sensation. I remember going, oh, this is a nice sensation. And, and the bad feeling I had sipping it didn't compensate for that. But I'm like, oh, wow, you know, hey, if I'm ever stranded in the Antarctic, you know, in a tent with frostbite, <laughs> and there's a bottle of hooch next to me. I'm down in that stuff, you know, no question. I'm keeping warm. So I definitely kind of get why people drink whiskey when they're at their lowest point. <laughs> but so I opened this little bottle, right? And I, as I say, I smelled it, and I, I get a flashback to high school because I used to chew a lot of dentine in high school for some reason. I drank a little of it, and I was surprised that I don't know if this is proper use of the term when people use this to refer to alcohol, but my thought was it goes down easy. Because usually when I sip alcohol, especially if it's hard liquor like this, I'm like, ah, this is awful. You know, this is the stuff they use to like, you know, people use to paint model trains and stuff. But drinking this, it just tasted like I barely taste the alcohol. I taste watered down, you know, dentine, hot tamales, whatever. And I had a few sips. I mean, I drank maybe an eighth of this bottle. And then I start getting a headache and I start feeling a little woozy. I mean, who knows what's really going on? As I say, I've never been drunk. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to become a fireball whiskey drinker. Although, you know, poking around online and reading about it, and it's like hipster fuel, and then going to the Fireball website, and they have their recipes include a, have you seen this? The Fire Bagel. Yeah, one I ounce, think I did see that. Bullshit, one ounce yeah. of Fireball whiskey, one bagel, and two teaspoon, tablespoons of cream cheese. You basically schmear on cream cheese <laughs> on a bagel. Ugh. And then you stick a shot of whiskey oh, in the hole. Like, when are you, what, what, like, what is the <laughs> point and what, what time of day are you consuming this? It's Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas. That's his pick breakfast. Up, pick up the bagel, take the shot and chase it with a tasty bite of bagel and cream cheese. Enjoy. <laughs> so, you know, I, even apart from the fact that I don't drink alcohol, I hate this. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Uh, Bill, what about you? You are the you are the whiskey drinker. I, I have am. a clear memory of when you came uh, with me. We were staying at my parents' house when they still lived in Boston. Remember? <laughs> yes, yes. We I got do. back to the house about ten thirty at night. My dad poured himself a glass of lemonade. He said to you and me, "Would you like some lemonade?" And I said, "Sure." And you looked at my dad and you went, you got anything stronger? <laughs> and so my dad opened that, that lick. my parents drink wine and that's it. So they opened that liquor cabinet that like hadn't been opened since like 1994 and pulled out that bottle of whiskey that like their drunk friend brought over in 1986 and uh, poured you a shot of whiskey. Uh, I do. I, I yeah. enjoy the elbow bending. Um, 
and I think I'm I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, I have a little bit of a discerning palate just because I've I pushed all my chips in on single malt whiskey. You know, the Canadians make bullshit whiskey. I'm sorry. To, I'll just put that out there. Like I've had, <laughs> there's some good ones, but for the most part, throughout history, the Canadians have made just like knockoff whiskey, starting in Prohibition. I mean, Fireball, I think, is a vestige of the Crown Royal, that kind of thing. The, the really weak, undistinctive, uh, blended whiskeys that come from, from Canada. Like, this isn't about the Canadian whiskey. This is about this bullshit product that they're calling whiskey. And, you know, and, and it resembles whiskey on some level, but it has little in common with anything that I would consider to be whiskey. Is it, is, uh, not brewed, is it distilled the same way? Yeah, sure. Is? Yeah, it just, you know, it, it, it is, and it's the it's, same color, and it's aged right, a certain right. way. But, I mean, look, the, with regular whiskeys that are made, occasionally they started injecting, like, honey and maple and you can get you know whiskeys always sometimes pick up the flavor of the production like if you make it with a really peaty malt if you if you roast the the malt over roasted peat it picks up this really harsh medicinal taste which is my absolute favorite thing in the world and that that's single malt scotch whiskey but i mean i've had some i think corn whiskeys from texas which actually tasted like char like a mesquite char and it was a nice strong but it was a nice flavor the actual kind of like perfuming of the whiskey with like honey that's a big thing now the sort of honey whiskey which tastes really saccharine and the the cinnamon whiskey like this it's has more to do with bar culture than anything that pertains to discerning drinkers and uh like we were talking about this offline before we pressed record on it you know the idea about what people will drink in a in a populist environment and I can only judge by what I see when I go out to bars. And the thing is, I don't even go out to bars, mostly because of bullshit like Fireball. Like, I just don't want to be around. <laughs> this stuff is rocket fuel to get you fucked up. That's kind of what it is. And there's but, a... but that's what amazed me is that it doesn't taste harsh to me. You know, their tagline is, tastes like heaven, burns like hell. It didn't burn me at all. I mean, my memory 10 years ago, sipping Jack Daniels, whatever... I mean, it felt like I was setting my my digestive system on fire. And this stuff, I didn't feel it. I felt like I was drinking, like, medicine candy. Well, the dichotomy of, or the cognitive dissonance, I should say, of this, the cinnamon red-hot flavor with the alcoholic base, it's it's almost like, imagine if they made a liquor that tasted like Cocoa Pebbles. It's like, hmm, well, actually, maybe that'd be awesome. Fruity Pebbles. How about Fruity Pebbles? Yeah. Or Lucky right. Charms. It's like, this doesn't belong together. These two things don't work together. It's like, what was it, Nuts and Gum from The Simpsons? <laughs> But isn't that? Yeah, I'm a white male, ages 18 to 49. People listen to whatever I say, no matter how stupid my ideas are. Yes, but uh, isn't that like what margaritas are? They're like candy alcoholic drinks, right? I mean, isn't that a real big thing? People make booze. For, for people who have soda tongue? Look, I enjoy margaritas. I don't drink a whole lot of them. But, I mean, I, I find that the Manhattan restaurants I go to, if they're decent Mexican restaurants, tend to make good ones. They use a different type of tequila sometimes. They'll use uh, different uh, ingredients. They'll almost put that artisanal, quote-unquote, mixology spin on it. But for the most part, they are served out of a gigantic, long plastic beaker in Las Vegas. And you're just drinking slush with like triple second <laughs> liquor and you're just pouring that shit in your face. This fireball <laughs> has more to do. And and to your point about it goes down easy, I think, yes, you don't scratch your shit up. If you have a little bit of whiskey and if it's somebody who is an amateur alcoholic, not a professional like me, then you, you just take the littlest bit and you say, oh, this yeah. is enough. Thank you. This is enough. As opposed to this shit, you can like knock down shots of this stuff all night. And it's like, I'm drinking candy. And so it makes sense from the bartender's 
point of view that you can just pour this shit right, out all night. Upside, right. up, what is it? Mar- what do they call it? The markup on the bottle. It's right. ridiculous. And then people will keep right. drinking these things all night. And that, like, the point was, I made the 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 analogy to Jägermeister, which had been the the reigning king. That was like House Lannister in the fuck you up House of how what a Game of Thrones thing, where that <laughs> the, thing the, the Game of Thrones on the the cocktail uh, the Game of Thrones behind the bar, I suppose. And and it's like. Uh, I remember Jaeger taking a foothold in America pretty much when we were in high school. I mean, I had Jaegermeister like in 1991, 1982. And because we were idiot kids who could barely get our hands on Budweiser, we just thought it was like, oh, the good life. It's the hard stuff. It's the hard stuff. Because it was relatively new and it looked like it had this sophisticated chic. Like, oh, if you could drink Jaegermeister, then, you know, that's like, oh, that's the promised land. They say that this is starting to encroach upon Jaegermeister's... uh, suzerain the idea that this is what people will pay us you know a lot of money for portioned out over the course of a night to put yourself into the hospital for alcohol poisoning so i think this is part of that larger trend even if it doesn't apply to us uh but that's the issue of uh, why it's popular right you know yes why it's popular it is it's a dovetail over a little bit to why it's popular but right you know like this is representative of a type of drinking in our country i did not just have this for the first time in preparation for this podcast when i was in miami with my wife in 2014 i went to a liquor store because i was bringing back some some rye and so while we were in the liquor store i went to the little airline bottle of fireball it's like what is this shit people are drinking it it's like <laughs> i want to know what this is and so on the walk back like I just sort of palmed it on, on we were in South Beach. I sort of palmed it on the highway and I like drank it. And I'm like, oh God, this is this is what this is. It's just it tastes like a mouthful of Mike and Ike's or something like that. It's like, <laughs> like this is disgusting. And it's like this is what everyone's going nuts for. Like this is uh, a, a sensation. You put po- you texted me a photo today of a sandwich board outside of a bar. And it's yeah. like, once you yeah. start noticing the the chalk specials at you know yeah. at opening time about hey shots of yeah uh, shots of um, fireball and some cheap beer and here's the specials all night and it's like okay this this winds up becoming a real a real ticket to commerce for for our uh, alcoholic institutions in our twin cities here for sure we're watching a cynical brand of of marketing and and exploiting the uh, the want of people to get drunk in a in a quick way and or a slow way overnight it's like wine cooler or zima or or what is it red bull and vodka right it's like you don't right. realize how much you're drinking but you just keep drinking it because the the flavor is masking that kind of thing at you i mean my opinion of why this is popular is 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 twofold one is a theme that we come back to again and again and again on the show. Why is something popular? Because marketing. Because smart marketing pushed it. And apparently, Sazerac has benefited from. They hired some, you know, marketing wizard in like 07 or something, and he made it the hip drink among millennials. He told them this is what you should be drinking, and he embraced social media in a savvy way. And it's all over. You know, it's got 8 billion Instagram followers, blah, 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 blah. It's a function of something I strongly believe that more often than not, something's popular because we're told it should be popular. I think that's that's a good good hypothesis. Now, I agree. It helps when you cook with the right food. Why this? And I think it's very much tied in with what you were getting at before is that, look, people 
get this, and I think it's overblown, but I do think it's true. There's arrested development in our culture, and people hang on to youth way too long, and adults still want to be drinking soda pop when they're out at night, and eating candy, and shoving Twinkies in their face for dinner when they're 45 years old. I think there's been an, an exploding market in booze, alcohol, adult beverages that taste like soda and taste like candy. Hence, Red Bull mixed with vodka. Mm -hmm. Hence, margaritas becoming more popular. Apple teenies, right? That was a big uh, thing in, yeah. the, Cosmos, in like the, sure. the late 90s, right? Apple, you know, just the name makes you think of like something like a 12-year-old would order. Um, <laughs> so that's part of it. Hey, you want to drink whiskey, but, you know, you want to be still be a kid? Drink cinnamon whiskey. You like cinnamon? It's fun. And the fact that it goes down easy means you can get bombed more quickly. Yeah. Now, I said this offline, too. When most people start drinking, they probably don't like the taste, right? I doubt there are any 16-year-olds who like the taste of beer. When most people start drinking, they start drinking because they want to get drunk. Maybe they want to escape, you know, want the feeling of being drunk, but more likely they just want to rebel, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're not allowed. This is this is why France is better about alcohol because they don't make it as taboo. So kids don't like drink 80 shots in one weekend in their first month of college. Yeah. Kids would want to drink something like this or vape or eat uh, marijuana gummy bears because they want to know that they're engaging in this vice. They want to know they're breaking the rules, but the taste of real whiskey is too harsh for them. And the taste of real beer is too harsh for them. And they, you know, they can't get the hang of using a bong or smoking a joint or whatever. So I think a lot of the popularity of something like, like this might be, you know, so that wimps can get drunk. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't argue with either of those points. Also, yeah. you can never underestimate the grand American uh, appetite for complete uh, annihilation, uh, liver <laughs> cirrhotic annihilation. Yeah. And um, this is just Walk. another way to assault yourself, to just completely destroy your, lob your lobes of your liver with something else that you can just spend the entire night getting happy. We're in an incredibly self-destructive era for American culture. I mean, yeah, I but I mean, but Americans... That's evident from the news every day. If you have this stuff, let's put it this way, if you, uh, uh, your alcohol, your preferred method of receiving alcohol is not the sipping of it, the savoring and enjoying of it. It is the guzzling... Right. It is the enema of alcohol, whatever the, the best way you can get the most of it into your body. So like, for instance, like if you know, you talk about a guy like me who enjoys single malt, right, you pour yourself a finger or two of it and you savor it. And it's essentially a, a how you go about taking it. You're not pounding single malt all night unless you're really, really good at it. So this kind of stuff, though, is fast. This is quick. You're not sipping alcohol. Which is not to say that alcohol that meant to be sipped hasn't increased exponentially the same way Fireball has. I think Fireball has a sales edge on, like, for instance, rum is this uh, crazy thing where the amount of rums they make now, which are aged, and, and especially if they're coming out of the tropics, they're called, you know, Añejo, and they get darker. They tend to accrue the same kind of characteristics that whiskeys do. The people who make every single type of alcohol, I think, are generally doing much better. And that would point at your theory about how people are literally just yeah. looking to po poison themselves, whether it yeah. is in fi fine small doses in carpeted rooms or if it's, uh, you know, <laughs> while being having your ankles held upside down in front of a keg stand. <laughs> Would we 
be like this if we were kids. I'm I'm gonna just do the N slash A because I mean maybe you know I'm sure there's an alternate version of me that drank booze in my twenties, but you know that who knows what that person will be. So it's an unanswerable question. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you if if this had been a big fab when you were in your twenties, would you have embraced it? Would you uh, be more prone to enjoy it? Less harsh. A judgment. So, yeah, no doubt in my mind, because uh, somehow you have cut to the core of me, my friend, as you always do, really? when you're saying that a kid picks up alcohol to experiment with getting annihilated. What you're doing is you're looking to get drunk, and I mean, that's not the you know the, the biggest, wildest hypothesis, but it's exactly what was happening. I only started drinking because that was the one pretty much form of rebellion, the experimental sort of baby steps towards maturation and adulthood, as a graduation or an aspiration towards the next level of socializing and understanding. Like cigarettes didn't work for me. You know, I smoked one or two cigarettes and like that's not my thing and they're disgusting and they kill you. It's like, why would I want that? Slugging my way in 1992 and 1991 through case after case of beer. Yeah, that won't kill you at all. No, not at all. (laughs) Well, those long, warm, uh, balmy, humid summer nights on Long Island were filled with a lot of uh, Budweiser and uh, filled with, you know, a a third of a bottle of Bacardi that someone poached from their parents' sideboard. (laughs) And all these things were just merely, how do I get annihilated? And some some people begin that thing and then never develop a homeostasis with alcohol. And I've had some friends, you know, who I just watch. Oh, it's like you're 35 and you still don't know when to stop. And it's like, that's funny because I learned that lesson in 1992. It came to me very quickly. But the thing is, Fireball is a little bit like, not just because it's a candy taste. Like you, you said, it's got that dentine time machine. Your, your Proust's Madeleines, in this case, <laughs> were, were time machine uh, uh, taste. And I, it's like, I don't give a shit about the taste of atomic fireball but the the idea that there's something swedish to it not sweet-ish not swedish not yeah not near norway not near norway not scandinavian yeah it would have been absolutely perfect there's no way uh, you know, we, we looked at Jaeger, which is fucking disgusting. It's like I wouldn't wash a moose with Jaeger, and yet we, <laughs> we drank it. We drank it because it had this reputation as aspirational. We wanted, a pun- we, wanted a, you know, we wanted a punch with the heavyweights. And so Fireball, I would have had no idea that it's cynically being sold to me as a ploy to get me to keep drinking it for my entire life. So in all the ways that alcohol was aspirational, in all the ways learning how to drink is essential to becoming an adult or learning how not to drink is essential in becoming an adult, there's always going to be a fireball, whether it is fireball or whether it's natural light or ever clear or some other thing. You know, this is this is a uh, it's a step, you know, and it's funny, but that that part doesn't make me angry. That part, the marketing, it doesn't make me bitter because I think I had a good experience. I think I had a good relationship with it when I was a kid. So I don't I don't come out of it thinking like, oh, Jesus, all those all that lost time and mistakes and things I did that I I wish I could take back. I, I look back at it very fondly because it was gentle, like I, my my. You know, this this it was a stair steps up into growing up, the stair steps into maturation. I think the difference is part of the problem is for you it was the starter whiskey, right? Something yeah. like this would have been the starter whiskey. Yeah. I think what we're more harping on about specifically with fireball whiskey and then the broader things of apple teenies or the Red Bull and vodka or whatever is how this ceases to be stuff like this ceases to be the training wheels and becomes the adult choice. I have a fire inside of my head, so from the flesh to the bones I dread, and ever 
Noah Tsarno, noted teetotaler yeah. and prohibitionist. Is Fireball Whiskey a sign of the apocalypse? I can't possibly say that because I am so tuned out of alcohol and alcohol culture i don't drink i mean i spend a lot of time in bars it's one of the many one of the many ironies of noah tarno i spend quite amount of time in bars i did in my 20s when i was a stand-up comedian i do now when i'm a karaoke obsessive you know i'm not completely far into bar culture and i used to edit a magazine that wrote quite a bit about bar and drinking culture so i do have opinions on it but i just i can't i i, I just can't engage with this enough to have an opinion on this subject Mm-hmm. You know, if this leads us to a point where booze, you know, is is just fruity pebbles with vodka splashed on it, you know, if, <laughs> I if just we love, get, if, yeah, I just try right, to picture if we that get visual, to a point where you know that the the average adult instead of a glass of wine with dinner, they have an alcoholic milkshake. I mean, if we get to that point, I think we will have an apocalypse on our hands. But I just, I can't care about this nonsense. I have so little regard for booze culture and I kind of look down on it. I mean, this goes back to when I was a teenager. Part of the reason I chose not to drink was I had a bit of a straight edge attitude and I dismissed drinking as a crutch for weak people and posers and things like that. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, I'm happy to buy a drink for other people. It's not like I'm that kind of an absolutist um so i just at this point it's like yeah just more booze like i don't give a crap like do what you want so i can't get exercised enough to say it's a sign of the apocalypse what about you mr whiskey fan no i'm, I'm gonna agree with you on this one i th- was much more offended by uh, fast and furious last week because that's <laughs> something i actually care about and you talk about diminishing or destroying an art form you know through silent waves of radiation this to me strikes me as just being a fad that exists in bars like i don't think people buy this at home it's not ruining my experience with whiskey whiskey is b- bigger than a it's ever been you know fireball has no I'm, i I can live a, a perfectly happy life and never interact with fireball it doesn't have any effect on me and i know who uses it i could steer around them i know exactly who right. they are i never have to hang out with them i don't have to talk to them i don't have to go to places where they serve this stuff it's it's always been there there's always been a fireball whether it was apple teenies or cosmopolitans it's kind of a fad just a dopey fad at that it signifies low taste I'm sorry to say this. It signifies like base, oh, totally. base totally. taste more than anything. Look, look at look at their website. I mean, Fire Bagel is just the names of these drinks they come up with are so broy. It's not even funny. Yeah, that's talk yeah. about low taste. Boy, the Angry, bro- the yeah. ma- you could get the man mosa. Like, jeez, oh. come on. How it's- fragile is your masculinity <laughs> that you can't drink a mimosa? You have to call it a man mosa. Is your hatred of Fireball Whiskey rooted in the green-eyed monster, as William Shakespeare called it, of jealousy? I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to almost like veer off topic a little bit. There's a myth, right, of the American bar, which I guess comes from the English public house, right? And there is a great tradition of going to the pub. And there's something is supposed to happen there. It's supposed, it has been in Anglo tradition, and not just Anglo traditions, in European traditions, I guess, if you want to make it a little broader, because I've, I've experienced this in, in Scandinavia and in, in, in the Netherlands. The pub, the bar is a place, it becomes a social place. There's actually some value to it. But I love the idea of like the English pub. Thinking that an American bar is going to give a similar social place, like a, a 
you know, some people meet, you know each other, and you're there for a reason. And the alcohol is the background thing. You're there for the for the experience. That's great. The reason why I'm bringing this up with Fireball is because it pertains to bar culture, and bar culture, especially in this city, but no place I've ever lived in, has ever been worth a goddamn to me. And so I love that romance, that that nostalgia for the pub, for the the beginning of Cheers, where you see those uh, sort of colorized pictures of people where this is a great place and it's like i would yeah. love it if that were true the fireball is what they give you to conf- you know to confuse you from the fact that there's no redeeming value of being in a pub it's just a place that used to smell like <laughs> cigarette and it's it, now it's just it's ear splitting music that they're playing and you're drinking this bullshit and you just like shuffle out into a cab I, or you I, drunk I, drive home i think i can't believe i'm defending bars here but i think you're overstating the depth of uh american bars uh deterioration over time okay as i've talked about in the show a lot i'm a karaoke obsessive i go karaoke a lot and, and you've done a shitload of gigs your, your whole public persona was in bars right. for the most part well so for a while i had more yeah. performance venues you know I, yes. definitely not pubs okay. but it was yeah. um you know from but those places all had bars yes a lot yes. of them even i as someone who doesn't drink alcohol there are bars i like i feel comfortable in i feel welcomed i feel like the staff is friendly i feel like it's a warm inviting place you know, I, I, even from my point of view, one of the one of the things I like about San Francisco more than New York is bars in general. Because a, I just find the bars more interesting. But also, a bartender here is far seems to me more likely. Hey, uh, can you mix me up something alcoholic? Sure, and they'll make me something real, some real interesting, uh, not alcoholic cocktail. That's right? cool. Yeah, New yeah, York, yeah. you do that, and they'll look at you like you're from Neptune. I'm going to disagree with you. There are a lot of bars that are great. But does yeah, this... Most bars suck, so you don't go to those places. But does this fuel any sense of jealousy, though? I mean, I, I almost look well, like you, I, you can well, come in the other way. Si- you got me sidetracked for a moment. I'm just... Uh, I, look, I, my straight edge thing in, in high school or whatever it was was rooted a lot in jealousy because I wasn't cool, so I wanted to fight back against the cool kids, and all the cool kids were drinking, and the only reason I wanted to drink was to be cool. So to reject that, I became Mr. Anti-Drinking. You know, there was some jealousy there. So, yeah, I guess I got a little... I mean, I don't, to the extent I hate this, I guess I have jealousy because people who drink whiskey, you know, probably have more fun at bars than I do. You know, ultimately they're spending more money and they're doing more damage to their liver. So, the the jealousy doesn't get to me that much. Uh, so no, I'm I'm not jealous. Um, far more important things for me to be jealous of in my world, Bill. Well, I gotta run. I gotta I gotta I gotta um, mop my kitchen floor with this bottle of Fireball. <laughs> you clean your toilets with it, right? Clean my toilet and then light up a joint, and I'll have a wonderful Friday night. Dab a little bit behind your ears. Okay, well, if you you goddamned alcoholics, if you all want to find (laughs) past episodes of Vice and things of ill repute, episodes about us sampling prostitution and other things, look to us uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us at Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Hey, we're looking for suggestions. What should we cover on this show? What do you want to hear us talk about other than HQ Trivia? What do you want to hear us talk about? Yeah, right. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. I've, I've heard that one a couple of times. I'm, I'm building up the stamina to get to that. I know. It's going to be a good one when I'm, we do, though. But. I'm hoping we out. 
outlast it. I'm hoping by the time I built up the stamina, no one cares about it anymore. Like, Why are you doing that? It's so 2018. Come on, Scott, man. It's, Scott Rogowski loses all social. It's uh, 2026 right now. Yeah. Well, that's a good. That's a good point because it, however you guys can get to us, get to us. Use Facebook yeah. or, or Twitter. We yeah. We, I mean, if you've had ideas, I mean, we will definitely uh, uh, yeah. give them a good solid review because we know most of y'all are pretty much the same age as us and are befuddled by um, whirling egos and modern pocket calculators. So we would right, love to right. uh, tackle some of the bigger issues that you have in your brains. <laughs> we're, anyway, we're so, going to do po- we're going to do calculators for our next episode. You can tweet us at Noah and Bill Show. You can tweet me at William Scurry. And you can tweet him at Noah Tarno. Anything else you'd like to plug? Bigquizthing.com. The Big Quiz Thing, the Trivia Game Show Spectacular, private and corporate trivia events nationwide. All right, so I have to go and anesthetize a surgical area with this fireball. (laughs) (laughs) So until next episode, we don't get it. Production of American Caesar Enterprises 2018.